Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park And that's what, yeah, now we're officially recording. And now that that's what somebody else said, that I should be like holding them up as I do this. And <laughs> I was like, uh, I think that's a little too weird. I mean, I, you know, this is not a high production value podcast by any means, but right. um, you got to keep it somewhat professional, right? I don't know. I think people love dogs and like they're just fascinated by animals. And I don't know. My dog is just chilling. She's right there. She's waiting for her walk. She's like, when are we going out, Mom? Is that Seriously. the uh, normal routine on a Tuesday night? You go out uh, yeah. walking? Oh, yeah. As often as possible. It's so beautiful where I live, and I just love going out, and she loves playing, and it's just a good life. Yeah, I love being outside. I love moving. Like, I don't think we're meant to be sitting in these chairs. I agree 100%. Um, I think that's what the human body was designed for, was to actually get up and move and not sit around all day and Netflix and been watch it for eight hours a day but um yeah especially if you have those primal instincts i guess what's i like to bring up sometimes because you know we go back into hunter gatherer uh mm. series i guess you could say and it's just like people were made to move you know we just how we were built it seems like totally yeah i mean the research backs that up too and um I was reading this book called Spark. Do you ever you ever heard of that book Spark by Dr. John Rady? R A T E Y. Especially since we were just talking about your degrees on the wall and you're into like sports and you know sports medicine. Is that right? Did I remember that? Uh, management. I did management. Sports I didn't do management. I didn't do the medicine side. I don't think my brain could have handled that part. But <laughs> <laughs> but like so the book he he's a like a researcher like a psychologist I think. Um, and he did this research on exercise. So he, he, he's famous for the study he did on kids. So he had a group of kids who had studied before the school day, before their test, and a group of kids that worked out before their test. And the group of kids that worked out scored substantially higher than the kids that studied. I mean, his research is so exciting around uh, exercise for depression, exercise for Alzheimer's, exercise for anxiety, exercise for ADHD. I mean, it's so cool. I, I love that book. And he like he dumbs down the neuroscience so someone like me can understand it, you know, to like figure out like why. But he he tuned me into this thing called capillary density. What is that? And um, it's like micro, it's like microcirculation. I don't I haven't heard a lot about it like in the medical field, but like. Basically, when you sit down all day, your capillaries don't 
get robust or not, they don't grow like robustly. And then it reduces your microcirculation, which means like oxygen and nutrients in the cell and toxins out. So we need to actually move. I mean, like it's basically just what I learned from John Brady, reinforcing what you just said, that we just weren't meant to sit down all day like this. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you know, when you see American culture, it seems that, well, it's not fully American culture. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. But Although it is. I lived in Europe for 10 years. I can attest. It's like okay. definitely well, more yeah, American. Maybe we should uh, go back down the road here and actually get your background because I know that you're an <laughs> entrepreneur, you're a health coach, you've lived abroad. Um, I did my DD on you. Uh, you were a Ford's model. Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it seems like you've had a big life so far. Yeah, I mean, got a lot of life left to live. But, yeah, so, I don't know. Which part of my story should I tell? I don't want to be, I don't want to bore people. Um, basically, I'm really into, I'm like a total geek about health. Like, I just can't learn enough. And I've been nonstop geeking out for like 27 years on it. Um, and I think it stemmed from just growing up and, um, being sick. They thought I had leukemia and, uh, I didn't luckily. So, um, I had intravenous antibiotics for about a year and then I just was laid up in wheelchairs and stuff, some complications. And anyway, so I got really present like age seven to 10, like life is not that much fun when you're not healthy. And I've married into like a really wealthy family, um, when I was in my early twenties and that marriage didn't last for very long. But one of the things I thought was so interesting was that my mother-in-law had achieved like everything aristocrat, like level, like everything imaginable. And she couldn't enjoy it. She didn't have her health. My mom died at 59 and a half from like obesity, one of her causes of disease, <laughs> you know, like it's just, like, there's all these things that happened to me throughout my life that reinforce, like, if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. And a lot of times, like, we don't even, like, realize it. I, I realized it young, so I've just been interested. And I had all these, like, acute health problems that I had to figure out that Western medicine couldn't really help me with. And so I figured by now, I figured out kind of, I figured out some things, some nuggets of wisdom that for me and, like, the students that I work with, I work with over a thousand students mentoring them, like coach, coaches, trainer, trainer, builder of coach training programs. Like I figured it out, some things that work, you know, there's still so much more to figure out. And every year is different. Like what I think is healthy today is totally different than what I thought 10 or even 20 years ago. <laughs> um, but some things, <clears throat> some things I'm certain about. Yeah. You hear them laughing. I just heard that. The girls are laughing. <laughs> I've got kids in the house. <laughs> At okay. least they're laughing and not crying or yelling. <laughs> well, yeah, so, um, okay. So I got a couple of questions on that. So at an early age, they thought, or when I say they, doctors thought, I guess, you were diagnosed with, yeah. wanted to give you leukemia, diagnosed with leukemia? They, well, they thought, so I had a high white blood cell count and that usually indicates a leukemia diagnosis, but they couldn't find, they couldn't figure out where it was. And so it took them about six months. And so we were in and out of those children oncology wards, which it's a very sobering experience. Um, I remember just like comforting my mom because she was like beside herself, you know, it's just, seeing those, you know, it's like, I can understand disease, especially if you're like neglectful or, you know, you had some toxic environment and you're, you know, but like a kid getting cancer, that is like, that's so hard to like, it's just heavy. Anyway, they took a bone marrow biopsy because they found like something finally. And then, um, don't recommend those. Those are rough. I don't even know what those are is. serious. So they stick a needle in your bone. And you can't have any kind of. Oh, okay. I, I've heard of that then. It's like that. a gigantic. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it was this big, but it felt this big when I was seven. It, it was like so intense. I think I might have broken a thing like a bone in my mom's hand because I was like squeezed her hand so hard. Oh, 
Uh, and then, um, luckily it wasn't, it wasn't leukemia. So it was, it was this osteomyelitis. It was like a really rare bone infection. And the irony of it all, cause I'm like really into like natural medicine now. I mean, clearly if you need antibiotics, like I did when I was diagnosed with osteomyelitis, which is a bone marrow infection, really rare in this country, treated by intravenous antibiotics, which prevents amputation. So that's a good thing, right? You know, Western medicine saved my leg. Sure. But like, it can also be overused, you know? So at the end of the day, I think getting back to health is like getting back to the simplicity of like food and fitness and, you know, mindset, like that actually is the magical Trinity that, you know, reestablishes and restores your health. And the body is so resilient. It's crazy. I've seen so many like health miracles. I can't even count anymore. It's so awesome. It's totally possible. So this, this is so rare what you've had that what, what would, cause that does anyone even know you know no one knows but i have a hypothesis you want okay. to know my hypothesis i do hit me with so it so i had <laughs> i had chronic ear infections growing up okay um so i was like even at age three or even younger they removed my tonsils because that was like a common way to remove they thought it would help ear infections like if you look at my eardrums they're all scarred like literally i didn't even know i had an ear infection that's how immune i was to the pain so antibiotics pretty much every month of my life. I also had like a resistance to mother's milk. So I wasn't even raised on breast milk. Hmm. Um, they've correlated holistically that ear infections may be related to a dairy intolerance. I ate a lot of dairy, Velveeta cheese. Oh my gosh. I'm like so embarrassed to admit that. <laughs> <laughs> but that was what we ate back then, I guess. Um, and milk and, you know, all kinds of. Just I know how that grew, that's what stuff. I grew up on was milk. So my dad was a dairy <laughs> so I get, I get it. Oh, yeah. So, um, so I think like, I think a taking antibiotics, I'm not saying it was unnecessary, unnecessarily, but maybe it was, that's an excessive amount of antibiotics when, when, you know, it's, it's scary as a parent, when your kid gets an ear infection, like, do you give them antibiotics? The doctor says you should, so you do. And, or you don't. Right. But it's a risk. You sure. don't want them to get meningitis. You know, that's like really scary. Okay. So I think it's because of all the antibiotics I took, which is kind of ironic because the antibiotics actually saved me, but may have caused the, um, the possibility of my bacterial balance getting so out of whack that I would contract an infection in my bone marrow. Interesting. I know it's interesting. Kind of, yeah. Maybe that's my hypothesis. I don't really know. But nobody or well, the experts, as they say, they couldn't tell you for sure. No. I mean, why do people get infections? Because their immune system is compromised. Why is their immune system compromised? Because of a lot of factors, mm -hmm. right? Uh, T-cell production. Now they're calling the microbiome is a huge indicator. And we know that antibiotics are like an atomic bomb to your microbiome. So that's why... I drew that correlation because if I was bombing it, I didn't have enough, enough time to get that balance back. Yeah. So a lot of research that I've done, inflammation leads to a lot of disease and that could be also part of your diet and I guess with the stress totally. you're putting on your body and et cetera. So I try to do everything that I can as far as keeping that inflammation down. So, yeah, I want to know about your anti-inflammation diet. I'm curious. Um, so I, I've experimented with a lot of different things. So what I found that works best for me is meat, salad, vegetables, mm. cut out the sugar, um, which I do, I do cheat. I'm not going to be honest. I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not perfect. <laughs> I'm human. I mean, I love gummy bears and popcorn. That's like my, 
I think I'm a little kid, That's I guess. So cute. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> like there's nothing there's nothing greater to me than going to seeing a movie at a when we could go see a movie at a movie theater and getting a huge thing of popcorn and a cherry coke and just sitting and just enjoying it. I don't know. That's Good just my times. just my thing. And Good. then gummy bears, I don't know why. It's I don't know if it's the it's, I don't know. It's the texture of them. I just like them. But anyway. They're fun. They are. They are. So uh, with my experience, though, is that what works best for my body is that – have you ever heard of a Renaissance periodization? No. Tell me about it. I'm okay. curious. So they're a company that basically their core values is just doing uh, meal plans for – it could be uh, certain athletes. It could be um, fitness competitors or fitness figures. I might be using the wrong terminology. Uh, bodybuilders. Um, bodybuilders, yeah. Okay, bodybuilders. But I guess the other one is like for women who just do swimsuit competitions. But you know, Okay. I don't know. They photograph well. Yeah, People so it's basically either bodies. you're trying to gain muscle, <laughs> lose fat, maintain, or just increase your sports performance is what I got. Nice. So, okay, cool. So I did one of their um, – their fat loss diets, and this was 2017. And this is the most strict I've ever been. And I got I have more diets I've done also, so we can get into that later. Mm. But since we're focused mm. on this one right now, so um, so when we, I'm talking about increasing or decreasing inflammation, it was because of that diet right there. I lost, eh, I got to my lowest weight that I have since uh, college, about 155, and my performance mm. increased at the same time. And which it was a strictly, they gave mm. you a template. Of okay, you'll eat four grams or six grams of protein here. You'll eat whatever six to eight grams here, then some fats here, and it was roughly six meals a day for a fat loss one. Wow! And that was you know as far as body composition, as far as uh, increase in performance, that was the best results I've seen uh, at that time in my body. And so protein and vegetables, basically. Is what protein you're and vegetables. It's what's work. It what's work for me. And I know everybody's. You know, like you said, their biomes are all. We're, we're all different, so that may not work for somebody else. But I felt great. I mean, My mentality felt great. My, I think everyone feels great when they do that. I mean, it's in line with the keto and the paleo. <laughs> but they say, like, after a while. My experience with clients and people I know is that, like, after a while their liver kind of gets sluggish and they reach a plateau and then their skin gets a little pasty and they get these dark circles under their eyes and then they start to have like endocrine problems. Um, so I think it really depends on like, probably if you're eating fish versus beef or pork mm -hmm. or chicken, you know, it probably, it probably depends on a lot of things, but I, um, I love the idea of having super low body fat, high performance, you know, like mm -hmm. the shredded look, but I've, I've been a vegan now for like, a while on and off vegetarian my whole life. And I always kind of seem to carry around this extra body fat that I would really like to go away, but I just really have an aversion to meat. I wish I could say it was because I care about the animals and I'm really sorry that I have to say that like even publicly. Um, but I actually have always had an aversion to animals. Um, it's not that I want animals to suffer. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like I'm a vegan because of that. You well, know, well, as I, a uh, I, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, um, That's fine. Okay, so I, I have moral qualms with that as well because, so um, there's my dog barking. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, buddy. <laughs> we hear um, you. <laughs> so hopefully this won't get cut in too much. Of so I mean, I I know my body works well off meat. I love it. Like this, me. I just know I do well, especially with my. You know, I don't know if I told you this earlier, but uh, I'm a CrossFit athlete. 
Nice. Okay. So, and when my performance is increasing over time, little by little, I know I'm doing something right as far as what I put in my body. And as I said, I do know I cheat a little bit, but it's not going to hurt me. But, um, yeah. So I've read a lot about plant-based diets and being a vegan and stuff, but it's really hard to do that unless you are on the ball about, you know, keeping up with your protein as far as, okay, I need this much grams. But I think there is a lot of confusion on, how do I want to say this? So you can get, you can get obviously a lot of protein from a ribeye steak, but you can also get that from a peanut butter sandwich. If you Thank mes- you for if, saying that. If you measure it out right. You have to understand the biologically available protein and a variety of foods and its availability. Mm-hmm. I think that's the key. All right. Well, I, I, I don't want to interrupt you. Sorry. No, no, no that, That's where I was going with that. That was my whole point is that, and I don't think a lot of people know that. Is that they You're think, right. Yeah, they think they go vegan and that's what people, so the argument is that, oh, you shouldn't go vegan because you can't get enough protein, for example. Well, that's not true. It, not exactly. True it's not true. And yeah. you can get it, but you have to be on the ball about it. Yeah. Did you see Game Changers by any chance? That uh, movie? Yes, I've watched that and I've watched a couple debunkers uh, podcasts on it or listened to them. Yeah. I mean, I'm totally vegan and I'm, I'm a vegan advocate, but like, I don't talk about it usually. And this is like the first time I probably mentioned it on a podcast ever. Um, and I actually build culinary institutes for like the, I built a culinary institute last year for this health institute in Florida. Amazing place, by the way. And lots of professional athletes go there, including like Venus Williams, like really, oh, she's pretty good you know, tennis, I hear. <laughs> yeah, and she she was she was going to end her career before, apparently. This is the story. I don't know if it's true. But she was going to end her career before she found Hippocrates. And Hippocrates is like the ultimate anti-inflammation diet, but it's hardcore. I mean, for people like you and me, you know, we might be into it, but like it's pretty hardcore. Um and it's not just raw vegan. It's sprouted. Everything that you eat has vitality in it. And so, for example, like we might eat walnuts or, or almonds, but they're sprouted before you eat them. So you bring the vitality back into the food. So you don't eat, occasionally we eat broccoli or broccolini, but mostly we eat broccoli sprouts, which has 30 to 50 times the amount of phytonutrients. And so it gives you, you just, so we've got, we have about a little over a thousand students in the big online program to learn the lifestyle that I built for them. And the culinary, we just started, we just launched it. So there's about a hundred students in that, but everybody who graduates and does it, it says they have so much energy. They can't believe it. And their performance increases. Now for athleticism though, you have to include sprouted grains, which is so interesting uh, in order to maintain the muscle mass. And of course, some protein powders and stuff, but you're right. You have to really architect it because you can be super unhealthy as a plant-based eater and you can gain a ton of fat, you know, and and your, your performance could decrease substantially. So you really got to know what you're doing. Interesting. So uh, going on your thoughts, there's um, broccoli sprouts are pretty easy to grow. Right. I have some growing, not broccoli, but I have fenugreek growing and the microgreens sprouts on your countertop. I do it all day long. Do you know who Dr. Rhonda Patrick is? No. Should I? Uh, Well, she's a good follow. She has her own podcast. Um, now, when I, okay, gonna, of course, I say, I say that name now and the whole name of the podcast, just type in Dr. Rhonda Patrick and you'll find it. But okay. she, she did a whole series on actually growing sprouts um, and how easy it is as far as just using mason jars. And yep. then actually went into talking about how uh, 
they'll actually help with um, your anxiety, uh, brain disorders, heart disease, uh, your aging. Yeah, the and, whole body re- restores itself. Exactly. And, and Cancer, yeah, diabetes. Exactly. And she even threw I mean, that in like there. Unreal. And yeah. so she went in actually some comparisons on if you buy it over the counter at, I feel like we were maybe saying over the counter because it's not medicine. Well, I guess it could be medicine. It is medicine. No, uh, it's definitely medicine, medicine, my friend. So there we go. Yeah. It is so medicine. I agree with medicine. that. Yeah, when I said that out loud, I was hmm. Okay, but anyway. <laughs> um, that's what Hippocrates I, said. Yeah, so I never Let said that out loud. I've never said that really? out loud, and that's part of the, like, <laughs> why I do this. Like, oh, yeah, that does make sense when he said it out loud. So anyway, but she went into this, like, if you buy it over the self, um, that how it might be more acceptable to E. coli and stuff just because maybe – it's, they don't know how long it's been on the shelf. But if you grow it- That's at, why you want to- Yeah, and if you grow it, and it's so much easier to do and more inexpensive. Oh my gosh, so much cheaper. I grow mung bean sprouts. I okay. grow lentil sprouts. I grow broccoli. I grow radish. I grow fenugreek. Um, those you can all- I actually like the terracotta, terracotta sprouters. They're like, I have three levels. But you can get like an easy sprouter. Those are plastic. I'm sure it's safe plastic, but they're they're awesome. And you can travel with those. I actually put like when I go on tri- trips or camping trips, even I can take my sprouts with me. And then the jars. You don't even need a mason jar. You can just use like an olive jar or like one of your tomato sauce jars, you know. Okay. It doesn't have to be fancy. Okay. You know, really. And it's so cheap and so easy. You just like soak, rinse, turn it upside yeah. down. You, you know, it's like so cheap and easy. You can actually <laughs> decrease your uh, food costs and increase your health like you know, exponentially. So, and that's exactly what um, she said, that Dr. it was just, um, yeah, just, it'd be that simple. And you can, uh, I think she said, she even cited that there was an Amazon kit that you could buy, but it was just not even worth the money that you just get a couple seeds yeah. and you could, if you get a couple good jars, this, I'm just referencing what she did. Yeah. It's just, well, yeah, it, no, four, and I could, four to five days, you got. Or even two days. Uh, maybe two days. Yeah. Then. yeah. I mean, well, no, broccoli is four to five, but like okay. lentil, mung, fenugreek, they're even less. You can you can sprout chia seeds and flax seeds. Like, I mean, it's so amazing, all the stuff you can sprout. Um, you could get those kits. There's actually really pretty ones out there, too, for those, like, people who like a little design, you know, on the oh, countertop. Oh, they yeah, have some pretty nice ones. Man. But, yeah, sweet. <laughs> yeah, no. so there's, I mean, it's not. <laughs> you were it's, kidding. It's just, it's just like, yeah, it's just like, just give me that. Like I'm not a foodie. I'm not a decor guy. That's like, oh, cool. Just what does it do I'm for me? I'm a total me? foodie. Oh, good for you. So you're really functional like that. No, I'm, I'm really into like flavor and fun. And I was a master chef. Like I'm so passionate about people not needing to sacrifice flavor for health. And people have this idea that like healthy food tastes bad. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. And it doesn't have to. And you just got to learn those hacks, you know, on how to bring flavor to your food. Because um, I, don't, I love food. I just love it. And I love food that loves me back, you know. Yeah, because so you, you just feel great the way it just treats your body. Yeah, that's one thing I've oh learned. Game changer. I mean, not to use the title of the film, but, you know, it but is I'm a game done. changer. Life changing. No. So, all right. So I had a couple of thoughts on all that. So we're going back. Uh, might go back a little bit. But so you're on MasterChef. Yep. Okay. And so with the plant-based diet, is that how you ridiculed your, your art there, your culinary art? Okay. So I spent 10 years living in Europe. Um, and (laughs) I came back to the States and I like missed a lot of pop culture. So I, I didn't really understand like what emojis were or 
the acronyms. Like I thought LOL was lots of love. (laughs) And I'm like, what does WTF mean? You know, I was really like in the dark. It was kind of right when cell phones. So it's so funny. Like there was a life before cell phones, which is hard for my daughter to uh, believe. I (laughs) I can't even imagine. (laughs) She's like, what is that world like? And I'm like, yeah, well, it's different. Anyway. Um, so I, I was, uh, I was hanging out with some girlfriends on the beach in La Jolla and they're like, Hey, you should audition for this show. Cause they knew about my passion. Uh, and I was really trying to bring actually a vegan raw chocolate brand, uh, to the market C- coming from Switzerland. Like I just discovered this raw chocolate and I was like, this is the most amazing thing in the world and all these things it can do for you. Anyway. So I showed up. <laughs> It's like a dare. It was like a dare from these girls. And I'm like, what's MasterChef? I had oh, no man. idea. And uh, 60,000 people auditioned that season. And uh, they kept calling me back. And I was like, I was certainly wasn't going to work. I was like, these are like little, like little like turds, you know, like my raw chocolate turds. <laughs> <laughs> They, they, they were like, oh, this is interesting. So I kept getting called back. And then one thing led to another. And I auditioned with the 100 people, the final 100 from the 60,000. And then I made it onto the cast to my surprise. Um, but, you know, I am a great, I love food. And so I just happened to be a really good chef. And uh, and then I got on the cast. And then, you know, I just literally one day, though, I, I like fell to my knees because one week led to like six weeks. And my daughter was four at the time. And I couldn't call her. And I was just really um, struggling in myself as a mom. So I literally prayed. I was like, get me out of here. Cause you can't just leave. Like you're bound by like contracts and stuff. And interesting. And yeah. So I, I like, I, I fell to my knees. I never I see like that sobbing. backside of those shows like that, that. No, no. So I mean, it was a great experience. It, it but was, but it was, so it's weird. Like how, you know, the human, um, Psyche would just, you know, all of a sudden I, you wanted that human interaction with your own daughter. Is that what it oh, was? Oh, yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. Cause she, like the caregivers, I was her main caregiver and her caregivers weren't, you know, in tuned to her needs. And I, I was just desperate. You know, I called her for the first time in like five weeks or four weeks and I just couldn't stop crying and I could hear her desperation and I was just like freaking out. So I literally, I prayed to God and that next um, time we were on set, I got cut and I was just like, you know, you know, I didn't win it, but I'm glad I did it because you know how you like, we don't try things that we think we're going to fail at. And, and I just, it kind of took me by surprise, but it was something that I tried. Like if we could, if we could continue to try things that we, we don't believe we're going to fail at and, and try and then fail and then try and succeed again, like that, that's what makes us, that's what makes our character, you know? I agree. It's, it's definitely character building. And this is one of the reasons why, exactly what you just said, why I started a podcast, because the whole pandemic, I guess, well, I guess technically we might be still be in it. I'm not sure on that. But part of me was just, you know, so when I talk to people now, they ask me, like I reference a lot, well, this was before the pandemic. So, and I guess that's mm-hmm. how my time frame works and how my brain works. But yeah. part, like during it, like when I was working from home and also had a lot more time on myself at that time, I was like, I, I guess I did some soul searching. I was like, what am yeah. I doing? Like I, I need to start taking some leaps of faith and do something, you know? <laughs> and nice. part of me, like I've always enjoyed podcasts. I've always loved them, but just they've, I love hearing other how other people's walk of life, and I was like, mm. "Oh, maybe, maybe I should just try it out, see what happens." And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and 
I mean, I mean, I can relate that to a lot of things. Even as far as when I first joined up with CrossFit, like eight or nine years ago, however long I've been doing it now. So. Wow, you've been doing it for a while. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, Good for like you. I, I drank the Kool-Aid and I got hooked. <laughs> I did it for a while. Well, I did it for a while. I, I got like jacked. I mean, I have this body oh. composition where like I could be like, a, I seriously could be a bodybuilder. It doesn't take much. I just like, I got, my friends were even like, you know, Lean, you're, you're kind of like, looking a little masculine. I'm like, oh, I'm just, I was so into the CrossFit because the community was so great and we had so much fun and it was so like raw and uncensored, you know, and everyone was just like sweating and just cool, you know, but then I, I, I kind of backed off a little, um, but it's really fun. CrossFit is so fun. So do you think with what your friends were saying that having more of a how do I want to say this? So you said they you look jacked. So <laughs> do do females and also males might look down on that? I mean, I personally don't. Like, but well, I mean, I am a large person. Like, I am like almost five ten. Okay, you know, and and I'm I'm like really strong. Like, I'm unusually strong. Like, my nickname is Wonder Woman because I'm like I, I really. Yeah. I mean, it's, I have an unusual strength. I think, I think it's my genes or I don't know what it is. I've always been like that. And uh, my sister though, she's like dainty. I mean, she's like, like I hug her and I feel like I'm going to crush her. You know, she's so petite, like her four-year-old watch from like childhood still fits her. That's how tiny her bones are. So I don't know where I got it from actually. Maybe I'm an anomaly. Um, but, uh, is it a bad thing? I think that I just want to feel feminine. And I don't want to overpower my boyfriend, you know, or my husband. Like I, I just like, if my thighs are like, I just don't want to be, I don't know. I don't really want to be that in the relationship. You know, I actually want to feel feminine and I want to feel like, I kind of want a stripper's body. If I'm honest, I'd love to have a stripper's body. Like I, their bodies are awesome. Well, <laughs> so, I mean, so that's, that's like my ideal. Personal I mean, preference. I, I mean, I agree with you. And I think a lot of, obviously a lot of males with you or males would agree with you also. And I would too, but <laughs> In my opinion, I don't see anything wrong with it that, you know, I appreciate that a woman takes care of herself. And if she's muscular, okay, yeah, that's fine. But if you think about it on the opposite end that, you know, you see somebody who is more obese, nobody's going to be proud of that. But I think I would be more proud of, okay, she takes care of herself. And just like we were talking about earlier that she's moving. She's up and grooving. She's just not chilling on the couch, eating Doritos and watching Netflix all day. (laughs) I cannot imagine. Even though how much I, I mean, want to do that. <laughs> you have to resist the urge. Yeah, there's some days I'm just like, I don't care. Uh, I'm going home. Well, and we need to restore. You know, we do. We have to like, I, I had to tie, like, convince myself to restore. I mean, it's not easy. I still work out a ton. Um, and my workouts are, and this is actually one of the things I really wanted to talk to you about. Um, okay. You know, I've done, I've invested over like $1.2 million in, in personal development work. And it's been in a variety of things like meditation and yoga, as well as like all, all these different ideologies, ontological master coach training degrees. And I mean, it goes on and on and on. Like I've really, really researched theology and so many things, you know, to try to find the truth about the world and to understand love and God and, and the human condition. And I'm really like so interested and I'm still so interested. But in the last couple of years, I've been like blown away at how my movement practice has moved me further forward than any construct framework context that I've ever used in my entire life. And trust me, I have used a lot 
of different frameworks <laughs> to try to like, you know, overcome, compensate, you know, like all these different frameworks. Like I'm like a total uh, geek for this stuff, as I mentioned earlier, but the movement practice, because I think the energy is just like emotion. So emotions are just energy in motion. Emotions are energy in motion. And so when we get stuck, like we all get stuck sometimes, anger, frustration, fear, anxiety. And then like, if I can take that into my movement practice, it's like gone. I can shift it way faster than any like conversation or writing exercise or anything. And I'm totally blown away by it. And I'm really excited about it. Cause I mean, I've been a yoga practitioner, like really hardcore yoga practitioner, probably like you are with CrossFit for like almost 30 years. It's a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I incorporate a lot of yoga. Well, I used to, I shouldn't say that I do, but I used to, um, I don't know how much, you know, but so CrossFit, I guess they incorporated, they called it Ramwad and it, it's called range of motion. Um, workout of the day. It was literally just a 15 minute yoga session, or you can make it into a hour long session. Nice. Yeah. And I've also, probably why you've been able to do it for eight years. Well, well, I'm also like kind of how you talked about your sister earlier is that, um, you know, some people have complained like, why don't you warm up? Why do you just go in and start doing a workout? It's like, cause I just feel good. My body, I just know how my body feels. And you don't have inflammation. Yeah, that could be it. <laughs> Secrets revealed later. <laughs> um, but I don't know. And just, I could be my mindset. It could be just, you know, um, low stress, just feeling good, the inflammation. Um, I don't know. And I have practiced yoga. I have not practiced hot yoga, though, which is one thing I've always wanted to do. So do you have any experience That's with fun. that? Oh yeah, it's fun. I mean, I'm not a big fan of it, honestly, but it's really fun. I think just you can hurt yourself. Just cause the just cause Yeah. I mean, like if you, if you kind of, this is going to sound a little weird, but like, if you kind of like get off on exercise, like hot yoga's for you. I mean, it is like, you feel like you feel like euphoric. I mean, it is like nothing compares to that post hot yoga, like vibe. I mean, it is like fully yogification, fully yogified. Like it is like a whole nother level of like awareness and energy and it's spectacular. And you feel so clean because you're, you, you literally can wring your clothes out afterwards. I've, it is like, I've, I've heard that. Yeah. So it's like, it, I think it's really fun. I mean, I, I went through a phase, but I think long-term it can, and I'm always thinking about like vital long-term thinking. And that's why I was talking about the diet and, you know, just looking at long-term results. And I, I noticed that I think it can damage the nerve fiber long-term. I don't know. I'd have no research or facts, but I think um, people I know who are in it tend to be kind of nervous and anxious um, who do it for a long time. And a lot of people injure themselves because they, 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 they push themselves a little too far because the framework inside of the class is like, they, you know, they want you to push yourself, you know? Not all, but that's kind of a general ideology. I'm generalizing, which is never good. But um, so anyway, so yeah, I think it's fun. I think everyone should try it. I think now they're doing far infrared heated classes, which is like so sweet. If you don't have a far infrared sauna, like going to a far infrared hot yoga class, like bang for your buck. <laughs> like okay. Awesome. Um, I think it's really fun. And I love the way it makes me feel. So, I mean, but for me, I'm really into like, using yoga as medicine, like food as medicine. 
I also believe yoga can be medicine and I've studied it, you know, therapeutically for that. Um, so like, if you are feeling sad, like you need to do backward extensions, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and also like, I do a lot of resistance training stuff as well, like push-ups, burpees, mountain climbers. I do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that, that it's going to, you know, create tightness and short muscles in here. So backbending is like a really great way to like even that out in the shoulder joints. So you prevent shoulder injury. Um, hip flexors with all the ab work, you know, can get really tight in a lot of the squats and things that I do as well. So like, you know, also backbending can really lengthen out those hip flexors. So short muscles will break, long muscles will bend. And so I just want to maintain, I want to be vital when I'm in my eighties, you know, so I'm working on it today. Hmm. Well, I want to go on that thought too, but just what you previously just said with yoga I'm, uh, and how you also brought up Spark, the book earlier. I'm currently – like I read roughly one book a month and that's just nice. – well, well, when I say read, uh, I do audiobooks because that's – Me too. Okay. okay. Oh, I'm all Thank about you. it. Thank you. Yeah, no, and I, I'm like sometimes one book a week, but definitely one book a month too. I'm in your club. I'm okay. curious I'm a, what you're reading. <laughs> uh, that's what I was going to tell you, this one. Uh, well, actually, I'm trying to do two this month and I'm bouncing back. Oh, excuse me. Back and forth. Um, also, I have another question on that. Okay, my brain's going crazy, too crazy right now. But anyway, uh-huh. right now it's called James Nestor's and uh, Nestor, and it's by or, the book is called Breath, and the oh, author is James I know Nestor. This book. Have you read it? How are you doing it? Are you not yet? But are you, are you doing the taping? Uh, no, cause that. Not yet. Okay, I I never considered myself a mouth breather, and I know some people will say that that's a demeaning term. You know, you're a mouth breather. But, but also, but, <laughs> oh my gosh! But also, but also that it has made me think that my with my childhood was like, hmm, how did I breathe when I was younger? And because obviously, well, according to his his research, what he did with Stanford is that you should be breathing through your nose at all times, even, you know, right. just, just hanging out, that's the yoga talking. Th- yeah. That's a yoga thing. Yeah. So that's, I, and when you said that, I was, oh, right there, breath. So, and now I am trying to consciously all the time during my workouts, which that's extremely tough, always breathing through my nose with his research showing how much uh, can improve your performance, just that mm. alone. And plus also, I mean, aiding your body with, you know, filtering out bacteria and conditioning the air that goes into your body and et cetera. Totally, right? So, Humidifies, purifies, so cool. And, and one thing that was really, really interesting that blew my mind, and I was actually uh, during my workout tonight, I was my training partner, I was talking with him about it, is that so if you were taught to breathe at a young age uh, through your mouth, or I guess you weren't really taught, it was just kind of like do whatever you want, but our actual – Facial bone structure will change. And I think they called it agnine log. I, I'm probably going to – I don't. yeah, I don't remember the term off the top of my head. But it's basically – But no, no. I saw, I saw all those skull things. Yeah. Yeah. So you like, basically your face would become longer because yeah. you're, you're breathing through your mouth as opposed to your nasals. What do you think? I don't know. You look fine to me. <laughs> <laughs> I watched a, a video that he did um, and I, I saw the skulls and – it was really interesting. It was fascinating how it can solve all these problems. I've seen him interviewed. He's really cool and I love his book. And it aligns with the yoga philosophy that I've been following, you know, all these years, all these decades. But it's awesome that you're doing that. So cool. Well, I'm trying. Okay. Um, like, so tonight my workout was we had to do 200-meter uh, sprints eight times. 
And mm. I was trying so hard just to breathe through my nose, but it was like my body was like, please give me some more air. But I'm trying. Mm. So I feel like yeah. the more I just keep trying, it's just, you know, you know, the more you do it, hopefully the better it gets, just like anything else, I guess. Well, one thing I love is that the breath is never old. There's never a stale breath. You know, the breath is always new. And mm. for me, the breath has been like the that. most valuable tool that I have to shift my nervous system. Like when I'm feeling upset, like the breath will solve everything because it literally shifts your nervous system from, you know, sympathetic, parasympathetic, it shifts it in back into alignment. Like if you, before you eat, if you want to absorb your nutrients more, take 10 deep breaths, which takes, feels like forever, mind you. But it's also like here we've got our head and our heart, and it's like it's it's so beautiful that nature designed it that this would be the the the, the vehicle, the bridge between the two, mm-hmm. you know. So I don't know about you, but I'm in my head a lot, and my head is like it'll lie to me. It's really smart, and it wants to kind of like control everything, which is like not cool. So like if I'm in my heart, I'm like you know loving life and I'm enjoy. I'm all blissed out and you know delighted with everything. And so the less I can be here and the more I can be here, the better everything works for everyone. <laughs> and this, you know, the breath moving through here, you know what I mean? It, it, it helps me to like take this to this. Actually, see if I can show you. I have a painting. Yeah, that's my painting reminder. You painted I have, that? I have a painting. Well, I asked my friend to paint it. So, yeah. This, this will be on YouTube, folks, painting. for anyone who's listening. So. Oh, right on. Yeah, there's this, this a picture of a woman and she's basically has her head bowed to her heart and there's like a, this lotus flower opening up in her heart. And then below the lotus is like an ocean of oneness that's connecting everything. And these, yeah, it's really, so it's just like my reminder because like sometimes we just get so like in our heads. I mean, at least I do, but I don't know about you. But Well, when you say in your head, are you, are you talking about being really self-critical? Oh yeah. Judgmental, critical, trying to solve things that I actually have no idea how to solve. Guilty like you know, you got, the, the more I give it up, the better I am. Cause what do I think I know with my tiny little brain? I mean, I'm super smart. I can figure a lot of stuff out, but I mean, it's always like better when I just come from my heart relationships, conversations, parenting, everything pretty much. Yeah. So, my intuition, so do you know what uh, imposter syndrome is? Yeah, totally. Uh, okay, good. And that's what uh, one of my other buddies we've talked about before being on here, just when you actually go to try to – and that's what I deal with, I feel like, a lot, is that how am I going to prove myself? Everyone's going to think I'm a fault. Um, you know, how can I get – Then, but it also makes me, I guess, strive better to actually do better. I hope that makes sense. Well, yeah. that's an interesting – That it makes perfect sense. It's actually what most of us do. But my question to you is that is that really – is that really true that you're an imposter? I don't know. Um, my head says that, but so I think your head's lying to you, my friend. Well, and, and you know, for example, so and that's what gets me is that you know before, and I, I'll relate this towards CrossFit. Well, I mean, I can relate it towards anything in life, but right now I'll use CrossFit, but because that's mostly my life. But anyway, um, before a heavy lift or a competition or anything, I'm what am I doing here? You know. Why is this? Why am I doing it? But afterwards, yeah, you know, I've done small competitions, nothing crazy, nothing wild, nothing nationally acclaimed by any means. But, you know, I've done okay. My performance came out okay. And then I can accredit that towards, you know, nutrition, mindset, um, 
that's how I treat myself on the weekends when I would get that big jug of popcorn or something. And, and who it, you it, were born to be maybe as well. Could be. Could be my destiny. I don't know. Well, I admit destiny might be a strong word, but. Well, yeah. But who would you be without that thought? You know, if you didn't have that thought, like, what am I doing here? Like, what, what would it change for you? And I'm genuinely curious. I don't know. I don't either. That's, I've never been asked that before. So when you ask me that right now, um, now my mind's just going crazy. But, hmm, I don't know. I'm lost for words right now, I think. So, like, imagine you're there, like, before the competition, mm-hmm. and you don't have that thought. Like, what would be available for you or I, to you? I feel like I would know, you know, what I can and can't do. I know my limits, obviously. But also, when people get too egotistical, I think about like, oh, you see, it seems like it's always been, and this might be kind of going, not answering your question, but when people come up to me and they automatically just tell me how good they are or what they do, and they, they're, they're a one-upper, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And I haven't so said one word. I, I told you my name. That's right. It. But it's your humility, humility, because you don't want to be that. Yeah, exactly. Like, but, at this, but at the same time, I can't imagine that that thought would be making a positive contribution. A lot of us use, myself included, I'm trying to do better. I'm practicing doing better. But a lot of us use like self-deprecation and like judgments and like the imposter syndrome or aspects of the imposter syndrome to move ourselves forward. That's like the friction that we use. Like, oh, I'm not good enough, so I need to be better. Mm-hmm. But like... I think that there is a, a more powerful place to come from. I think there's a, a, a place that, that we can move ourselves forward without making ourselves wrong or bad or less than. And, and that's just my, I'm actually in a personal inquiry around this because a lot of people feel like, well, if I don't, how am I going to improve myself, especially in the sports arena? How do I improve myself if I think that I'm already great? Sure. And then yeah. there's that humility thing. Yeah. So I would assert, and I could be wrong. Um, I would assert that without that thought that you would have like even more power with that and still be able to maintain your humility. Have you ever heard the quote that, uh, I forgot who said it now that, now that I asked that, but it was like, if you have to tell everybody you're great, (laughs) you're probably not. I know. That could be like, I don't know if it's Michael Jordan or I think it was a sports figure, but I can't remember off the top of my head right now. Yeah, no, it's so true. It's so true. Ugh, it's such a tricky thing. So tricky. I remember I've spent years dumbing myself down because it's just hard to deal with people's jealousy and people wanting to bring you down and stuff. And it's difficult to find that right balance, you know, of like just showing up in your power without being cocky. I, I don't think people think I'm cocky, but you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit tricky, but dumbing myself down just didn't feel right either. And then I was overdoing because I had this imposter syndrome. And now I think finally at my age, I'm starting to like, just own it, own all the good, all the bad. And like, I think automatically authenticity shows up when you can come to some terms with yourself. Do you think that you talked about uh, people wanting to bring you down, that that's the world we live in now, as far as social media and uh, just people just hating, I guess, or being jealous and just, they want to throw out negative actions towards somebody that um, they may look they may look up to you, but they're also jealous at the same time. And they're like, oh yeah, well, and they just well, want to throw out, a, they want to throw out a negative comment. I guess. Is yeah, I mean, it's an, it's an age old like good versus evil 
predicament. And I think that in the human predicament, we all have greed and we all have jealousy. And every religion you look at, there's always, whether it's Judaism or Christianity or Islam, like there's always going to be a teaching about how we have to temper <laughs> our jealousy. And it's, it's spoken about a little bit differently, but I think we, we all have this envy and it is a source of human suffering. And I think it is, exists and it has forever. And now people are going to make comments, right? That's just one expression of it, but I think it's, it's not new. And I don't, I don't think it's going to go away. And that's why I love the work that I do because it's really about tenderness and self-love and compassion. And I think that the hate that we're seeing in the world on a global scale, especially in this country, is starting in here. It's like a justice, like an injustice with ourselves, how we treat ourselves, how we inner talk, what kind of foods we're eating, like in ourselves, like also for CrossFit, like you guys are, I'm sure, I know the one I did, like we were really interested in alignment, mm -hmm. you know, like that's a, that's a justice in how you lift. There's a justice in how you swing. There's a, you know, there's, there's like all these levels of integrity and justice that we're out of alignment with ourselves. And that creates that hate. And then we just smear it on others because we're unwilling or unable to take responsibility. So we blame others. It's like a natural thing. It sucks, but it's there. You know, and I think we have to like wake up to, oh my God, I'm, I'm powerful. You know, I'm, I'm a creator. Oh my gosh. You know, like, wow, <laughs> so much responsibility though. Oh gosh. Especially as a parent. Yeah. <laughs> well, the parent part. I haven't been on that road yet, but yeah, I agree mm. with hundred percent what you're saying. Um, that makes total it's sense where, to me. That's where we are. And I'm not going to pretend that I don't feel jealous sometimes. Like my daughter and I were like, let's do a JLo challenge, man. She's so freaking hot. You know, like we, we got to do a JLo challenge. It's like a TikTok and, thing? Uh, something. I don't know so what a JLo challenge is, but. Well, we were basically wanted to like uh, eat like she did and like do her workout. And like, you know, we wanted to like be JLo. We wanted to like be as committed to our health and beauty as she is. So we could like try sure. to like get up level basically, but it didn't last too long and we couldn't get enough information. So we're, we're still trying in our own way. <laughs> well, you keep going, you keep doing it. I like it. Why not? <laughs> but it, it sounds like a, a TikTok video to say JLo challenge. Right. Yeah. We should document our journey. It'll be funny. <laughs> do, you, do you jump on a TikTok? Do you do any of that? I don't uh, right now. Though my, my daughter's been like encouraging me to start an account and, yeah. um, I just haven't figured out how to make the most impact. Um, like whether it's with food or with, I just don't know. I just don't, I just don't know. It's like, I can't, I can't, my bandwidth is like only so broad. <laughs> well, I think, I mean, that's everybody with me. I mean, like I always, I've heard this term before. I, I didn't come up with it, but you know, say our bandwidth is a hundred percent. Well, I'm only going to put in that bandwidth exactly what I think, um, be inspirational what I want to keep with myself and so on and so forth but yeah I mean but if I overload it with some randomness like, uh, that don't benefit me so how's it gonna be no. anyone else true I have to see I have to see the strategy like I'm someone who's very I'm very purposeful like my company is called purposeful ventures and I everything I do, I want to have a purpose, like the food I eat, where I get it from, like who I'm speaking to you right now. Um, you know, the fact that this is going to be heard by other people, like to me, this has purpose and meaning. I don't always know what 
purpose or meaning, but I try to be guided to like, do be purposeful in everything. My bedtime, when I wake up, what I think when I wake up, what I'm doing with my body, because mornings are all about hydration and circulation for me. I mean, all these years I've been studying you know, all, you know, like you health and health and health. Mm -hmm. And I I know so much about health. It's like, people ask me to boil it down. I'm like one word circulation. Just get the blood. (laughs) They're like, what? (laughs) Well, I mean, it's like, you think about it, like your skin, you got to circulate your skin, you know, you need to like baths, cryotherapy, sweating, you know, like dry brushing, like you got to circulate like hydration for your, you know, inside, like you got to have adequate hydration. You have to eat foods that, you know, aren't stagnating, right? Because if you eat too much, um, I call them concentrated foods, like dairy, sugar, um, flour, even meat, you know, like they can process foods. Oh my gosh. Totally. Chemicals, herbicides, pesticides, fungicides, like all this stuff, like kind of, if you look at live blood, it's like the, all the cells clump together and they're like moving around. Whereas if you're eating like sprouts and green foods, like, you know, they're, they're like, they're separated and there's a lot of oxygen flowing. So you need circulation. Um, if you get stagnant in your thoughts, you got to circulate your thoughts. That's why I think emotions are energy in motion. You got to move it, you know, um, you know, and it's so easy to shift it. Man, when you're in the thick of it, it does not feel that easy, but it's, to me, it's like, we have to circulate massively, not too much, of course, but, and then we have to, um, excavate, you know, what needs to be circulated. Like if you don't get your heart rate up, like that's a problem. You got to get your heart rate up. I don't care how you can be in a hospital bed doing breathing exercises. You do not need to be, you know, on your feet to get your heart rate up. You know, like everybody needs to get their heart rate up. It's really important, right? We yeah. have to circulate. So circulation is is really like a, a core principle for like everything that I love to teach and talk about and do for myself. So I'm, I'm going to assume I know the answer to this, but when you wake up and you get the water going, I mean, do you meditate at that time or is that a not I do. active for you? Okay. Yeah. 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 No, I, I do. Like a lot of successful I, people do. Yeah. My meditation was really um, specific for about 22 years, 20, 21, 22 years. I was doing these pranayama, the breathing exercises from the yogic. And I did like almost two hours a day for that long. Then one day I, I just like, I was sitting there and I was like, I don't want to sit here, which was kind of shocking because I really didn't go a day without it. And if I did, it was big. So I heard this man who was really interesting actually. And he said that um, all these ancient meditation practices were created by men and they're all very still and men like to be still, but the feminine energy is actually in motion. And that's what has instigated this revelation I shared with you earlier. That in the morning, I like to actually dance. Oh my God, I'm a little shy. Ooh, what are we dancing to? This great, inspiring music. Sometimes it's like soundtracks from films. Sometimes it's like rap, you know? Sometimes it's like, I have like all these playlists. I'm happy to share them. whatever the mood strikes with you, huh? Yeah, like sometimes I wake up with a song in my mind, but like I I really like, I want, you ever heard of neocortex inhibition? No. It's like basically dancing, like no one's watching. And just letting the music move you. And it's like, I really like, I feel like it's, it's a moving meditation now, which is different. doesn't mean I don't still practice pranayama because I do. Um, But it's like, my mornings look a little different. It's like my prayers, I I pray and I dance and it's like, it's really kind of, it's really fun. (laughs) I mean, I'd say so. That's a great way to start a morning. Usually I'm just trying to make the coffee and 
sleep as late <laughs> as I can and then I do everything I'm else. making the wheatgrass. Well, I think, well, I think I'm more of a I, – well, I mean, I usually go to bed at the same time every uh, every night, but usually with what my morning – About 11. Yeah. And and that gives me roughly seven to eight hours of sleep just depending – but um, nice. yeah, and that's what I, that and that's one of the, the things we we're talking about diet and stuff, you know. That and there's some people which I don't get that you know, obviously you probably know who The Rock is, right? Yeah, yeah. And he claims that he can work off like four hours of sleep nonstop. And there's I think there's people who can, yeah. but I don't get it. I don't do I don't well off it. of I'm, it. I think if you don't have proper um, oxygen, hydration, and sleep. You can't function optimally. Your body can't restore your nervous system. I know. I I know people like that too, but I I don't know how they do it. I need my sleep, and I yeah. get kind of grumpy if I'm sleepy. I'll be honest. I'm a little shy to mention that, but people who know me really well are like, "You need to uh, sleep." I, I'm, <laughs> I just, I'm just. I, I am. I, I, I think the more with me is just I feel slow and sluggish, and like I have a brain fog, and it's just like, man, it's just mm. like I don't want to do anything. You know, it's just. It's almost like a hangover yeah. without – it's not a hangover. Yeah, yeah, I totally – yeah, exactly. That's what I was just going to say. You're reading my mind. Like if people want to feel foggy, drink wine and beer. Like that makes you feel foggy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not a drinker, but um, boy, my friends who are – it's a whole different ballgame. They have inflammation. They've got chronic like pain. They've got migraines. They're aging. It's like it's – alcohol is big. It is. It's really big. Yeah. I mean, listen, people want to drink every once in a while. It's not the end of the world, but I think alcohol is pretty dangerous. It's sugar, right? Mostly. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Mostly. Yeah. I think, and I think that's what, you know, I, I don't want to get on a high horse and talk about discipline though. And, but I think a lot of people choose a path of, all right. So there was a great quote that most men live life of self deprivation. And so, right. And so what I'm saying that is that, you know, people go to work and they work their eight hours. And but when they get off work, they want to go scarf down a Big Mac at a combo and then go home and drink uh, a six pack or what have you. And then you then, you know, six months later, they're asking, I don't get it. I don't understand why I don't lose weight, blah, blah, blah. But it was and that's their treat for, I guess, rewarding themselves for working at eight hours a day. But, you know, you're doing it five days a week. I mean, and like you've been saying I don't think our body wants that. We're, we're, our bodies weren't designed. This is what we talked earlier. Our bodies weren't designed to eat that type of food. I mean, it's almost that, you know, if you can't grow it, obviously, you probably shouldn't eat it. I mean, and that's not with all things. And I'm not trying to be uh, sit on my high horse and say I don't eat those things, which I do randomly, but not six days a week or seven days a week. So, right, that's a good treat. Well, there's enough research like out there to know, um, but I have a hypothesis that. People, women and men included, are doing that because they're getting an emotional need met because they've been at work all day and they just need to get grounded, you know, or it's like, I deserve it. You know, I've been working hard, like you were saying. Yeah, treat yourself. But I think as adults, we've kind of forgotten how to play. You know, like I ask like people all the time, like, what do you do for fun? Right. Or what do you, how do you play? And they look at me like play is for kids. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I think it's really important that we play. It could be wrestling. It could be dancing. It could be cooking. It could be anything. But I mean, I think what we go to now are prescription drugs, alcohol, and sex as adults. And I'm not saying any of like, you shouldn't do those things per se, right? Everything in moderation. 
well, maybe one, two of the three, but <laughs> the, the importance <laughs> is that we like to have fun and we've forgotten how to have fun. And, and I think some of these things that we choose, uh, like overeating or excessive eating or, or pleasuring ourselves with alcohol, numbing ourselves out, it's because we, we, we're not really, we don't have all of our needs met. And I think we all have a need for fun and stimulation, you know, and I think it can be challenging when you're working full time to find those things that inspiration. And then you get into a rut and then you, you don't know how to get out of the cycle. And then all of a sudden you've got diabetes or cardiovascular disease. And you're like, Oh my God, like I got to do something. And at that point, you know, it's time, but I think that we don't, we don't really look at the emotional needs that are getting met by the food and the alcohol. And it's pretty, it's pretty important. Well, it's like, just like you just said that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but if you know, if you're not treating yourself or actually having a good time with yourself, what is it, cortisol and you're under stress, that's just is going to lead to more damaging effects over time. Totally. It's a it's a vicious cycle. Like most of the women I know are living on cafe lattes until two or three o'clock in the afternoon. And that is that's not sustainable. I mean, it is for like a little while, but then I mean it's gonna it's gonna yeah, bite it's, you. It's gonna catch point. up eventually, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to be on a high horse either, but I also want to inspire people to take a look and be honest, you know, about like, what do I do for fun? You know, like, how do I resource myself? You know? Um, and then it can get a little uncomfortable, like while you're making the change, but I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing what's possible and how much energy you can get. Like sometimes I have to like tone it down a bit because people are like, you're a bit much. Um, and it's because I have so much energy. I literally jump out of bed in the morning because I'm so energized. But if I was eating Big Macs and drinking alcohol, I would not be feeling that way. Of course. And it's hard for the people around me to like, you know, people who know me really well are just accustomed to it. You know, they roll their eyes or they're like, eh, talk to me later. But, you know, it's fine. It's like, that's just, you know, but it can, it, it's, there's so much embedded in this conversation, actually. There's so much. Oh, yeah. We got to wake up. Oh, yeah. We can go down some rabbit holes on that. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I know we're running short on time. But one thing you, you just said that, you know, I always feel I'm not a napper by any means. I, you know, after lunch, I don't feel like I need that afternoon nap. As You know, some people say they go grab another coffee or whatever. And that could be also diet based, but or it could be genetics, how we've said also earlier. But I mean, is that do you feel like that plant based diet that you're doing is gives you that energy all day long that I'm. It does. But I mean, again, I'm, you know, I, like you, like you said, like I, I have a somewhat fine tuned to know kind of the right amount. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can also eat a vegan diet and be super tired. If I eat like a lot of starch cooked potatoes, for example, okay. or, you know, some other, like if you eat like um, gluten-free kind of vegan pro- processed food, it, it can totally make you feel like that really suck a lot of energy from you. So yes, I definitely, I don't have lulls in my energy. My energy is stable. Um, I'm feeding myself a lot of fruits and vegetables throughout the day. And I, I feel so amazing when I eat like green food. So I'm really into green foods. And right now I'm really into apricots because there's an apricot tree that is full. Mm-hmm. And every time I go outside, there's like, I get a big bowl of apricots and I'm like, oh my gosh, so excited. <laughs> so <laughs> I eat a lot of apricots these days, but um, that's just for a few weeks and then it's over for until next year. But yeah, greens. I made a lot of greens, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and sprouts. Okay. Um, yeah. So I definitely have that, but but I know a lot of people who you know it's a process to get there. Like you got to work with your gut. You got to work with your um, 
you know, the fiber, like you need, we need a lot of fiber and not all fibers created equally. And we know now that the, the quality and the variety of fiber you eat is where the good guys, you know, the good bacteria proliferate. So you want to eat as much good fiber and variety of fibers. You can squash and sweet potatoes and, um, you know, fresh fruits and vegetables of all colors and varieties. So Jennifer, I mean, so going again, I mean, like I, I'm, I'm with a plant-based diet as long as you do it correctly and everything. So do you experiment with any other supplements trying to advocate? Mm -hmm. Like, like a lot of people say that, um, talk about the game changers, uh, we're, we're circling back here, of course, but, um, you don't get enough B12 with that diet. Oh yeah. No, I, I take B12 every day. Okay. And B complex for sure. You have to, I know people have gotten themselves into trouble and kind of lost their, you know, lost their minds a little, you know, you need B12 or you eat, um, you know, maybe, I don't know, an egg or some goat cheese once a month. I mean, then you can get populate your, your gut, but you need B12. Absolutely. No, no doubt about it. Hmm. I like that. And I know we're running short on time here and I have one more question. I want I, I was curious about with this, but, um, do a do you have you talking about the inflammation? Do you experiment with CBD oil and anything like that, or definitely, yeah. Nice. The, the, yeah, the cannabinoid system is so interesting to me. I don't fully understand it. It's really complex, but I've had a lot of clients um, that I work with get incredible benefits from some of the some of the brands. Not all the brands. It's interesting. Not all CBD oil is created equally. There's some certain extraction. There's certain varieties. There's you know. There's I'm still learning a lot about it. Um, but there's a couple of. Um, well, there's one brand out of um, Israel that is really seems to have this down to a science, like pharmaceutical grade. And I, I love what they're doing. Um, and a lot of people I know, you know, like even family members who have chronic, you know, headaches or menstrual cramps, like they're taking it and they're getting incredible results. So you don't get the psychotropic because uh, there's no THC, but you're getting the... Um, the, the pain relief, which is so incredible. And then I have friends who have chronic pain who take it on a daily basis and they sleep better, they feel better. So yeah, I mean, people are getting great results from it, but you gotta know your source and um, you gotta understand the dosage. Uh, so it's, it's, it's still, I think, early days for using it with any kind of accuracy. Okay, I agree 100%. Kind of like yeah. Hit or miss. I've cycled, but, um, oh, sorry, I mean, go ahead. No, no, I'd love to hear your experience with it, but I, I, I think supplements are actually quite important. Okay. Um, whether you're on a plant-based diet or a keto diet or paleo, whatever you're on, it's, I think supplements are actually really important. It's mostly because of our soil. We need minerals. We need, there's certain things we don't get. Yeah, from our, the, yeah, our the body wants that stuff. But no, I was just yeah. going to say that um, I just knew, I, times I've taken about CBD is I know it decreases inflammation and some people, do, or experts say it does sleep better. You, you have better sleep. And with my experience with it, I've took the gummies and I've actually took the uh, oil and I would put it in my coffee in each morning. And inflammation nice. could be, I guess. But I, the first couple of weeks I was taking it, I noticed that uh, I was kind of dozing off earlier than my normal. I was like, oh, man, I need to go to sleep. <laughs> you know, like a lot of times I'll watch a movie or something before I go to sleep or I'm watching a catch. Interesting. Netflix, it made you sleepy. It did. Wow. Yeah, it did for me. Um, but the first couple of weeks, but it seems like mm. I don't know if my body adjusted to it. Um, but it seems like it was just. I'd kind love of to know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd really love to know because, like, there's so much I don't know. Um, but man, that industry is just exploding. It it's is. really cool. It yeah, is. I mean, it's about time. I mean, hemp should come. You know, prohibition is when they kind of you know suppress it, and now it's coming back and. 
it's about time. I mean, hemp is a great plant to be used for fabric, cars, building. I mean, it's it's you can do a no lot of things with that, and it's you know biodegradable also, right? So yeah, I mean, it grows like a weed. Yeah, so <laughs> everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> so it's it's like, just, hey. it doesn't make sense sometimes why we don't put more. I guess when I say weed, not me, but I guess the experts put more uh, thought into that. There you go. I think it's all about the green you know, bags. where it's flowing. Yeah. And then it's not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just the reality, you know, and I think they decided to choose alcohol over marijuana back in the day. And, you know, there were a lot of reasons that I read that were attached to that, but, um, was it racism? It's just really, yeah, that's yeah. what, that's what I read. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I, read I, too. I gotta be so careful, man. I'm a white woman. It's like, I, I can't get it right. I try. I really try. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're all trying, but I, th- you know, I think that's exactly just your point right there was that uh, I was listening to a podcast with Seth Rogen, which he was an nice. actor. Yeah. And so and he was advocating for weed and he actually talked about how, I guess, lawmakers, and I forgot it was not their drug of choice because they wanted to drink alcohol. So they automatically, I guess now I'm trying to be careful too. They just automatically coined it to, uh, no, that's a African-American's drug that's not ours that's what i read yeah and so it's about time that it makes a comeback because it's it's there's so many benefits for health for happiness for anxiety um so i'm excited about the potential of it i mean i live in california so you know we're pretty forward thinking over here i'm not from california but you know when i got here i was like whoa it was really really different for me um back you know compared to when i grew up and its role in recreational use and now therapeutic use is pretty exciting where are you from we we didn't even talk about uh your podcast or <laughs> your businesses or <laughs> um maybe we should get into that uh, i respect your time here. oh you're um, so sweet um yeah so i grew up in northern virginia outside of washington dc hey well <laughs> i'm about four hours from uh dc so maybe three and a half <laughs> Yeah, so I'm a Virginia girl. That's where I grew up. Um, I was born in Maryland, but I grew up in Virginia. And um, that's where I spent my first 18 years. And then I went to New York City as a Ford model. And then I uh, married, uh, you know, very suddenly and moved to Europe. So I lived in Switzerland and Germany and France and Greece. And uh, that was 10 years. And I built, you know, fashion company. So it was really interesting. And then uh, I learned to speak fluent French and German while I was over there. I got a bachelor's and a master's degree in nutrition. And then I went to India and my life changed. Like so many people say this. And so but it did. And I came back and I'm like, what is this life I'm living? You know, who am I? What is this? And so I, um, I just had to make a values-based decision based on my personal values. And I decided to leave Switzerland, leave the marriage. Um, and my daughter and I moved to the United States. And that was about uh, a little over 10 years, so almost 11 years ago. And ever since then, I've been following my passion and my purpose, which is around, you know, helping people realize the benefits of a healthier lifestyle. And um, that, you know, falls into three categories where I've developed expertise, you know, food, fitness, and mindset. And I build online programs for accredited life, health, and executive coaching. And I train trainers and coach coaches. And uh, it's really fun. 
It's really, really fun. And right now I'm working with moms to help them revitalize their lives, their health, health and businesses. So I've got this year long program to work directly with me, not one of my, you know, scaled programs that's, you know, digital. And uh, I'm really excited about this. I think moms need more uh, help than ever. And so that's one program because they're so stressed out. So I help them relieve their stress by, you know, learning how to integrate a healthy body, mind and soul. So that's what I'm up to. That's great. That's awesome. Um, I want to end this on a good note right there, and we'll take this one home. So, Jennifer, you are one badass woman. Um, wow. And, Thank you. Uh, this was a great conversation. <laughs> so before we cut off here, um, so if anybody wants to get in contact with you, find you on the socials and all that good stuff, how would how would one do that? Yeah, jennifer-helene.com. Contact me. You can just send me an email. Um, yeah, so that's the best way. Uh, or, you know, find me on Facebook and stuff too, but I mean, I you know, the, my, my website has my contact. So feel free to reach out, ask me questions. Um, I, I welcome it all, you know, good questions, bad questions, you know, there is no such thing, you know, all questions, but that, that I'm really, my purpose is to share as much wisdom as I can and to make the biggest impact I can. That's, that's what I've got to do. I, I can't, I can't heed any other call. I've tried, I've tried to escape this, but I, I can't. That's beautiful. I mean, I love it. I mean, you're throwing out some good deeds to the world. And I think that's what uh, good deeds and good, good, every good information. This is what this world needs. I think right now. So, and you too. Well, you too. I don't know about all that, but we're doing stuff. We're making moves. <laughs> so, anyway, <laughs> um, Anything else where we cut off here? Well, I want to thank you for having the courage to like start this podcast. And it's uh, really awesome. Appreciate that. And yeah, and I just get the sense uh, you occur to me as like really wholehearted and, uh, and fun. Try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and really accepting. And like, I just really felt that you were really present with me. So I really appreciate this time we've had together. And oh, what you're doing. I appreciate that too. And uh, <laughs> hey, okay. Well, I guess he's he does too. <laughs> or he says it's time to get off here too. He needs a treat or something. But. Anyway. Last word. He had to have it. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, of course he would come in there. So again, thank you. This is a great conversation. I've really enjoyed this. It's my absolute pleasure. Okay. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye, folks. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.